The Stateside Soccer Show is now covering Ted Lasso. If that's a joke, I love it. If not, I cannot wait to unpack that with you. That's no joke. The Stateside Soccer Show now presents Believe Cast. We aren't talking about faith or ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts, Ted? I do. But more importantly, I think they need to believe in themselves. We are talking Ted Lasso episode recaps. So sit back, get ready for us to discuss all the tea. You know, I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. Hello and welcome to Believe Cast, presented by Stateside Soccer Show. So you'll be hearing us on the Stateside Soccer Show feed, as well as the Believe Cast feed, where we have Ted Lasso recaps starting from episode one of season one. I am Jordan Wiegand, and with me, as always, is Logan Stump. Onward, forward, my friends. Um, the coach beard to my yeah. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Honestly, that's what you know. What it was funny. I was watching it last night, and I was like, "I am Coach Beard," and you're. That's why I grew it out. Like I'm growing it out currently. I just need the sunglasses and the visor. Um, a man of very little words. Uh, I am a man of a lot of words, so maybe not quite like Beard, but close. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it because uh, I'm sure Beard is up there for you, right? Because you got the Funko. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we are talking episode one, which is the pilot directed by Tom Marshall, written by Jason Sudeikis and Bill Lawrence, with the story credit by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Brendan Hunt, and Joe Kelly. It aired August 14th of 2020 on Apple TV Plus, and the first three episodes all aired the same day. We'll talk about that. A little bit, but we will be talking just episode one. So if you've never watched Ted Lasso before and you somehow pride yourself away from the TV after watching one short 30 minute episode and said, I'm not going to watch anymore. I immediately have to look up a podcast to see if anybody else is talking about this show. And you stumbled across our podcast and then you listen to this before watching episodes two and three. We got you covered. No spoilers, as as best as we can. I'll I'll be editing this, so if we do spoil anything, it'll it'll be gone. Uh, but the synopsis here is: American football coach Ted Lasso is hired by a wealthy divorcee to coach the English soccer team, AFC Richmond. Logan, I want you to put yourself back in your shoes when you first watched this show and you wrapped up the first episode, and I want to know what was your thoughts. And did it immediately hit for you, or did you need those other two episodes that Apple put on on that first uh, week? Like, I, I feel like, just for people that know, real quick, I showed this to my wife, and we watched one episode, and uh, it's our first time watching it while I'm doing this podcast, and I said, like, we gotta watch more, and I'll just rewatch them when we recover them, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just way too quick. Yeah, I was watching last night. Um, and this is my third watch through now of Ted Lasso. Um, my first watch through, actually, Jordan, I was late to the game. So I was actually way behind everybody. The first season had already uh, gone through its entirety before I started watching. So I was actually pretty late to the, to the Ted Lasso game. And I remember I was texting you guys and it was kind of, I want to say it was like during the second spike of COVID or something was happening where it was like COVID was getting serious again. Um, and I think um, it would have been like, maybe February or March of 2021. Maybe it was during spring break I started watching it, but I can remember I watched the first episode and the first episode, because I, I remember Ted Lasso from the NBC Premier League uh, promos and like he was a character there. Um, and I loved the writing. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot because it was, because we covered Stateside Soccer Show. Like with Stateside Soccer Show, we cover MLS and a bunch of the MLS guys um, were just talking about this. Um, so I was like, you know what, I got to give it a watch. First time I watched it, I was hooked immediately. Uh, first episode in, um, I love Sunderland till I die. I love those kind of shows that show like a story and behind the actual soccer. And it kind of had that weird feel of just like England and soccer and what it means to that community. And it just has that nice feel. They have all the rights for the, the teams. So it just felt right. But I can just remember sitting down and going, this is exactly how I would picture 
an English team running and how he lives. And I'm just, I'm fascinated with the English lifestyle. Um, so right away, this first episode, man, it just, I think what really sold me on it, Jordan, was the ending, um, which we'll get to. But the ending of this first episode was like, this is going to be a lot more than just soccer. Yeah, we were both late to it because I think I watched So I didn't start watching until I got a free trial on Apple TV due to my new cell phone, which was probably I think it was literally a couple months before season two because I was like, wow, like this works perfectly. Like I'll catch up on season one and then season two comes out. And then season two, we were watching, you know, uh, week by week at that point. But um yeah, I mean, I, I totally, looking at it, we watched the first three last night, me and, me and my wife, and I see why they put those three up uh, in one go. Because the first one does leave you hanging, and I think some people might have been like, oh, that was cool, but I don't know if I'll like wait next week. I think, it, you know, but when you see all three of them, I think it becomes easier to be like, all right, we're like, I'm fully in. And I, I mean, as a soccer fan and as somebody, again, that remembers those Ted Lasso commercials as well, I was immediately bought in in the first episode, too. But I can see why Apple would be like, we need to put these three, right? Like, uh, this will be an hour and a half of your time and you'll enjoy it. And I think most people did. But uh, I remember when they broke the news that this was going to become a show. And I was like, the, the commercials, they're going to make that into a show. How's that even going to work? Um, pretty well, apparently. Uh, they had to, you know, actually make Ted a more interesting character than those commercials where he's just really uh, an American blowhard <laughs> in those. But uh, yeah, that was, that was something that I thought was uh, really interesting. They put those three, up there we're only talking episode one today and uh i'll tell you what joy's reaction was to episode one as as we get to that end too but what we'll also be doing as we go through the show because we're about to start going through plot by plot here and see what happens um we'll also be giving our richmond player of the episode uh each of us will deem a player that we thought was the um Richmond player of the episode, meaning like an, an MVP, but not on the coaching staff or the ownership. We're going to pick an actual Richmond player and say, this person really stood out to me in this first episode. Um, and then we'll also just kind of talk favorite characters as well after this first episode. Okay. Next thing I wanted to talk with you about, Logan, is this theme song. Uh, this one has grown on me, I think, a bit. I remember the first couple episodes I was like, really, this doesn't feel like it matches the show, right? Like, um, but I think I've kind of come uh, around on it too much. And to be honest, it's nice having a theme song that has words because most shows nowadays do not. <laughs> most shows nowadays are just like title card and they don't even bother with a ditty. They don't even bother with a song. So I did really enjoy having theme song, but I want to get your thoughts here on, on this theme song, which is written by what? One of the Mumford and sons guys. Yeah, Marcus Mumford is who it's written by. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, I love Mumford and son. Um, I've always enjoyed their music. Uh, and I, I'd listened to their music long before Ted Lasso. Um, but you know, what's funny is, uh, Bill Lawrence does this show. He also did scrubs. He was the creator of scrubs. I was a big Scrubs In Spin guy. City with Michael yeah, J. Fox. Yeah, Spin City. Yep. Cougar Town, um, <laughs> if you're into that. But uh, yeah, he's he's been on a show that I, I loved and adored as a high schooler, uh, which was Scrubs. And you know what's weird, Jordan, is that like he must have this kind of similar thing when he's picking. I mean, I'm assuming that it was he and, and maybe Sudeikis and Kelly and them. But I, I'm assuming that he had a huge hand in picking the theme song for Ted Lasso. And Superman is Scrubs. Um, I believe it's called Superman. Um, is yeah. Scrubs's uh, theme song, and when it first starts out, it's like what you said. It's kind of like this doesn't really match, like Scrubs. And then you get to know the character, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. But I love this intro. Um, does it show the immediate intro, like the first episode? I know sometimes it doesn't. I can't remember if it you shows. Know, that's like what's him. funny. Jo Joy was getting ready to take this picture of her watching the show, 
Yeah. And she stops and she's like, will they do a title <laughs> sequence? And I was like, there is one, but I don't know if it's in this first episode. And then right. she takes the picture of like the opening and then the theme song kicks in. I'm like, oh yeah, it is in this episode. Okay. Like, so remember. yes, it was a theme song. I know some shows don't do it in the pilot. Mm-hmm. So I was like kind of surprised that it, that it did. But I love this. I mean, I love the intro. I, I love when he goes up down the like stairs. The and Yep. Yeah, I like the seats turning colors and it's spelling out his name. It's all yep. it's all really wonderfully done. I have the soundtracks, all the soundtracks, because I think this is uh, the as you get it as we get more into it, we can even talk music just because of how wonderful all the music is that goes along with uh, just his. Like you can just tell, like even the instrumental, it just kind of has this Ted Lasso feel to it. So. Um, but yeah, no, love the theme song, love the intro. Yeah, I have the theme song on. I don't have the soundtrack. I have just the theme song. I bought that. Um, I have it along. I have this whole playlist of TV theme songs. So it's sitting there with Murder, She Wrote, Matlock, and Happy Days right now. <laughs> theme songs I've been listening to. Okay. Uh, all right. So we start off with recently divorced Rebecca Welton, who has now become the new owner of uh, a fictional club, AFC Richmond. If people did not know, this is not a real club um, who is struggling in the Premier League. I, I think struggling is a little, a little strong. They, they were mid table, <laughs> which is which is fine. If you're somebody that's not a soccer fan, mid table for Richmond would be probably really great. But you know, they, they were not. It, it was still early in the season, right? Like, uh, I think they said they lost a, a few games in a row or something. But uh, so she calls in the manager that is currently the manager and he gets uh, he gets the boot here and he is uh, a very chauvinistic uh, <laughs> manager here, uh, really degrading to her, um, had no fear of her, even saying stuff like... Uh, her, about her impressive chest right like stuff that like if if you had brains you wouldn't be saying but also it's like your boss dude like what are you doing and uh she she fires him and uh we don't really know why at this point in the show right you're thinking oh, okay that guy was an ass like good for her but then we will kind of get her motivation throughout the episode. Um, but it, it like immediately cuts from this to the SVP Scott Van Pelt um, Ted Lasso bit. But your thoughts on this uh, original manager and just our introduce introduction to a character that's going to be uh, the owner of AFC Richmond, Rebecca Welton. I would say that immediately um, she jumps off the screen as in like, like she's a pretty lady. She is stern she you can tell she has her wherewithal like she's a very smart person i think um kind of the way that he goes after her and then you're like oh my gosh this guy's a jerk but then she gives it right back to him like you don't you don't belong like you shut up like you don't know what you're talking about the hell out of my club like it's kind of like okay you this this lady is going to be a badass like this lady is going to be this hard-nosed like you do it her way or it's the highway um, but she does. She just has this. She has a good feel to her when she when she comes on screen. Um, and it's amazing to me that I mean, um, people will probably know the story by now. But she, she, I mean, as an actress, she really hadn't had a big break. Um, and I mean, the fact that this was like her big break in television was just fantastic. It's uh, Hannah Waddingham. So um, if you're well, let's just say she did have sort of a small break i guess you can say because she is in a very famous gif of yes. uh, game of thrones with the yes. shame right she's septa unella <laughs> who is yelling shame as cersei's going through the street yes and she was in eight episodes of game of thrones she was yep. also in 12 monkeys which is a great uh sci-fi original series as well but yeah she's been in a lot more recently she was in willow mm-hmm. for disney and she was uh Justin Hocus Pocus two, for yeah, Disney she was great as well. So she's yep. getting a lot of work uh, with with Disney, I guess. Uh, they're like, we need to get in on this Ted Lasso stuff. So, um, and she was in Sex Education on Netflix. Well, she really haven't really finished that show. So yeah, eleven episodes. Uh, that is a show Joy watched. So I I remember when she was watching that, she was like, oh look, the person because she had seen 
bits of Ted Lasso as she walks in and out of the room while I was watching it. But mm-hmm. she she recognized her enough when she was watching Sex Education to be like, oh, look, it's the person from Ted Lasso. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And I'm like, well, I is, know her from Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun, like all these actresses and actors that are in this show. And I think because we're, we don't watch British television either, and I know some of them are. Oh, I do. And, I do, though. So yeah, I got to so recuse, them, I gotta recuse myself from that. Yeah. Right. But some some of the Americans, including myself, like half these people, I wouldn't have known if they had smacked me in the face um, unless they were on Ted Lasso. And, and now I know all of them. Like Juno. Like I had no idea who she was. You didn't know about Juno Temple? Nope. Had no idea where she came from. I was like, this this girl is brilliant. Like this this is uh, the fact that she and Hannah are uh, really good friends, too, in real life. It's just like uh, you'll see. But um, it's just fantastic. Uh, yeah, but Hannah was also in the show Coupling, which I used to watch as well. I watched that on our program. It's the British version of Friends for anybody. Want to know about that? She was in an episode of that, but uh, I don't remember her from that. I'll have to check. Um, but yeah, man, Juno Temple was in a lot of stuff. Uh, she was uh, pretty big in Hollywood for a bit because she was in she was even in The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, she was in The Three Musketeers in 2011, The Other Bolin Girl, Atonement. Uh, Magic Mike, Maleficent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Juno Temple and a and a lot of stuff. Um. Okay. Uh. So that was uh, Juno Temple's Keeley. If if you're not familiar, but we're not introduced to her yet. Okay. So we met Hannah Hannah Waddingham. That's Rebecca Welton. And what her plan is is that th- she is going to seek revenge on her ex husband who was the former owner of the club had cheated on her multiple times. And she is going to ruin his football club, which is the only thing Logan that he really cares about. Um, so that is why she's hiring Ted Lasso. So let's introduce ourselves to the character who the show is named after. Um, he is a college football coach from Wichita, Kansas. He recently coached, a uh, NCAA Division II football team to a title, knows absolutely nothing about soccer. And our introduction to him here is Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter, introducing us to the storyline of Ted getting hired and him playing the video of Ted uh, doing his dance with the Wichita players. What was your thoughts on our introduction to Ted? I think it's how every European probably sees any American coach <laughs> like 100% probably true. Kansas, Wichita, the middle of the heartland. Um, for those viewers out there that are not American or do not know where Wichita, Kansas is, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, Kansas, as we like to call it, is Tornado Valley. Um, it's just uh, corn, I think, Jordan. No offense to the Kansas Knights or whatever they call themselves. Kansas, Kansian? I have no idea what you call yourselves. Jayhawks. Um, but yeah, no, it's so stereotypical. Uh of just what you know an american coach is i think in the perspective of everybody in the around the world that makes fun of it. it's the stereotype that you all want to believe in that uh, american coaches don't know anything about soccer which i mean in this case he really doesn't so yes and uh we get introduced to him properly on the flight he's already mm-hmm. heading over at this point it's like almost a time skip from her firing to her hiring ted we see the quick sports center bit and then he's immediately on the plane and we get introduced to ted and coach beard um who is uh the assistant coach he's the one that actually is reading up on (laughs) on soccer and uh, he has the book i think i have too inverting the pyramid um but yes he is actually reading real soccer books that are available while ted is is uh kind of looking longly at his cell phone we'll we'll talk about why on that later in the show but um and we get our introduction to a side character here um who wants an ussy uh logan which my wife was like a what what does he want and i was like <laughs> by the time i could explain you know ted's explaining he does. It with yeah. with the guy telling him well it's not a self you know it's ussy um, but I think it was the accent kind of, kind of throwing her, <laughs> throwing her off there. But, uh, yeah, so we get introduced to Ted who is, um, you know, 
uh, at this point we already know he's accepted the job and the kids like uh this is like what like properly mental or whatever you go and to coach a football club um yeah uh from there right we get uh just this little uh scene of ted with coach beard where they're gonna get their gonna get some sleep right and we end that scene with Ted saying, Hey, like if we see each other in our dreams, let's mess around, have some fun. <laughs> and joy laughed at that. She was kind of like, what is this guy's deal? But, uh, it was, uh, it's a good line. I think I, I you know, it shows, what it, his, <laughs> it shows what his mentality is. Right? It is. It's like, um, one, let's have fun, but also yeah. like the, the thought of, that you can actually interact with each other in, in your dreams is, is right. something that's pretty interesting. And Beard's perfect because he just like nods. He's like, okay, like Beard is yes, the perfect goes sidekick along with it. <laughs> all the time. Like it, it's nonstop, which is just part of the brilliance of the show, I think, which you'll see. Yes. Uh, so we land in England. We find out Ted never got any sleep because every time he started thinking about sleep, he would, you know, keep staying up. And then they started passing out cookies. This is a line that I really like is when uh, he mentions the cookies and beards. Like, I didn't have a cookie. Like, did you eat my cookie? And he is like, that's not an important part of the story or whatever. <laughs> and uh, they go up to the the limo dryer, driver who um, just no spoilers, but he will show up again. But yes, he goes up to the limo driver. Um and this is where we really kind of get to the heart of Ted is actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. And the limo driver's like, let me take your bags. And he says, no, we got this, right? Like we packed them, yeah. we'll carry them, which is not something that people do. Um, or I guess rich people would do. Can you imagine like Sean Payton, like no. carrying his own luggage? No, I'm pretty sure he has no. people doing that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, you can. Uh, it's always funny because athletes always have the little handbag. I'm like, where's the rest of their stuff? And like, clearly somebody has it. Like the equipment man yeah. is grabbing off the bus when the cameras disappear. <laughs> so that little yeah. bag is just their clothes to change into at the game. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just like underwear and a toothbrush. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, no. And, and I think this is something that makes the lasting impact on uh, a few of these people is the way that Ted acts. Right, mm -hmm. like. He's cheery, uh, but he also is Sincere. not going to expect you to do something for him that he wouldn't do himself, right? So uh, taking his luggage, he's going to do it, you know, because why Why put it on this poor guy who's hired to just drive you around? Like that driving around is the job, right? Not the luggage. So I think that's very interesting how Ted operates with that and maybe why people will start to be won over by him. Right. Because he, um, and, and I think this is something that is also kind of a stereotype with Americans, with um, British people. I, I think a lot of times, you know, we always hear that British uh, Americans are rude, but I think a lot of people actually think we're from what I hear that we're too happy. We're mm -hmm. too positive, um, too nice at times. Right. Like if you go, uh, run into tourists out here. We'll help you in America. Uh, the stigma, right. Of us going over there is that they don't want to help us because we're American at times. So I, I do think it's interesting that this is probably, like you said, the quintessential American mindset that the, that British and uh, other Europeans have on us, because I have read that like, people ask in England and stuff like, why are you guys always so happy? Or why are you guys always so nice? Mm -hmm. Like why do you guys want to talk to strangers? You know, like, yeah, it seems like that's not a thing. I, I can't say that, but you know, my grandfather can help hold a conversation with a guy in home Depot. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, do you know that guy? And he's like, no, I just started talking to him about the tools that he was picking or whatever. <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah. But uh, it sounds like a very American thing. I don't think a lot of British people do that from what I hear anyway. Yeah, I think the culture is different. Like we were over there this summer and it, it is, it's 
like they they respect their privacy and they respect like the the boundaries that they set and it, it's always just been that way and there's nothing wrong with it it's just different on how we uh, interact with one another but americans yeah i've always heard we're too optimistic at times like we we think everything's going to go our way when uh, when all that's actually quintessential ted lasso right, right? <laughs> i think my favorite part is when they uh, so the next part they drive to like they're showing ted and beard around which i always think is funny because they show him london and then i'm like trying to figure out where afc richmond technically is on like the map because i'm like they drive to london so like it, it's in london is it in uh, london? okay yes it is okay so they film at crystal palaces yeah place so i believe richmond is supposed to be like that area similar because crystal palace still exists so it well, i do know like this limbo yeah i do know the neighborhood we because we looked it up when we were over there the neighborhood it is actually like 45 minutes from london like it like where he lives you can actually go visit it it takes a little bit to get there through the tube but you can get there with the tube it just takes it's out past the city like it's actually in the suburbs um, but my favorite part jordan knows well two things did you notice that the limo driver's holding the sign the whole time he's walking around i'm like is that customary like he's he's literally holding the last oh, was sign. he the whole yeah time? i was like what the heck yeah i was like i don't know if that's normal but then the best part is they they're looking at the the tower bridge and he goes, oh, that's right. That's the Tower Bridge because that one didn't fall down. Yeah, because London Bridge is uh, not standing anymore or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a really Because London line. Bridge fell down. I was like, oh, Lord. So, again, stereotypical Americans not knowing what's going on. Yes, not knowing stuff outside of their <laughs> country, right? <laughs> um, so we get uh, Ted getting introduced to, uh, well, he goes to the field, right? And he's... Uh, feeling the grass and we get our introduction to Nate here who comes running out like get off the grass then he figure out who he is and that he's the new manager and he starts throwing grass at him like have all the grass you want <laughs> like that um, and, and kind of seeing the state of I guess again I don't know if it's supposed to be the dichotomy of USA and, and Britain or just Ted and former coaches right because we learned that nobody asks what Nate's name is, mm -hmm. right? Um, nobody cares enough about what the kit man's name is. And Ted has that thought process and he says it to um, like uh, Rebecca and stuff, I think in another episode. So it's not a spoiler per se, but just saying that how he thinks of everybody as part of the team, right? So, uh, Nate is part of the team because he is part of the staff, right? And uh, Rebecca's part of the team because she's the owner. And Higgins is part of the team because he's, you know, the director of football or whatever. So um, that mindset, I don't know if that's supposed to be another thing of like the British managers didn't care because they're not nice enough or if it's just supposed to be, here's what is different about Ted. But for me, I feel like, we ask people their names all the time over here, which may not be a thing over there. So I'm not really sure if it's supposed to be that or just showing how different Ted is. But I think regardless, um, we we probably do ask people their names a lot when we're when we're talking to them. Yeah, it's um, yeah, just the way and you can tell the way that Nate interacts with Ted and Beard that like my favorite part is like when he asks his name, he looks at him, goes and Ted and Beard are like, Dude, like we asked you your name. What's your name? Like, tell us your name. And he goes, Oh, Nate. And he goes, Oh, like Nathan, like the hot dogs. And he, he goes, What? And he's like, You've never had a hot dog, uh, Nathan's hot dog? And he goes, No. And he goes, Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how do you not know what a Nathan's hot dog is? Um, I love that part. But yeah, it's just that same, like, it's that interaction where you can just tell Nate was ignored or probably abused by this macho uh, machismo whatever he's supposed to be like a you know misogynistic everything's his way he probably just throws stuff at nate with the short shorts yes yeah yeah that guy was probably not great towards nate right like right. i haven't really thought about it before but that guy was probably really uh part of the reason why some of these players mm -hmm. um do abuse nate right like you feel like it's probably due to um what they've seen um in the past from other people in power. Um, so, uh, so Nate says he's going to introduce them to Rebecca and Higgins and he gets a little too scared and just kind of bolts out of the room and, and, uh, leaves Ted and, and coach beer to introduce themselves here. 
which is uh, a fun scene. Um, and uh, yeah, so Higgins is going to help uh, go show beard, you know, kind of like the facilities and stuff while Rebecca and Ted are going to get a little bit of a conversation going here um, before immediately put putting him in the spot here of, of the press conference, um, which was uh, later revealed to be uh, a setup here for Ted to go against um, kind of just ruin Ted a little bit more, right? Like she mentions about needing to meet the press and he's like, Oh yeah. After a few nights of sleep and stuff, she's like, Oh, sorry. I thought you knew like they're out here right now. And it's this full room of the British press, which are some of the worst press when it comes to sports. Um, if you do not follow soccer, uh, these people are awful most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I would say towards Americans too. Like it just, there's a, there's a culture uh, where, and, and I think maybe, maybe if you're watching this Jordan, like my wife and that, like I, I'd never really thought about explaining it like this is that, you know, people that are watching this because you, and that's the thing that I think we should kind of, I guess, uh, preface, I mean, all of these episodes by saying that anybody can watch this, that you don't have to be a fan of soccer. Um, you, you can understand even when they does get into the very little soccer that there is, it's very easy to understand what's going on just because it's just, it's a lot more of just like the player interactions and the coach interacting. Um, it's not a lot to do with like strategy or anything like that, but, um, but I mean, we have some, some fun. Yeah. We have some fun things that we can explain in further detail as two mm-hmm. people that are very versed in, in soccer as well. Yeah. But j- just so you're aware, if you are watching this and you're, you, you don't know the dynamics, uh, the dynamic between English and Americans is that Americans don't understand soccer because we call it soccer. That's, that's number one. We call it soccer. It's not football. It's football. The name they created by the way. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. It's so, um, it's, it, there is a weird dynamic. Um, there's always been this kind of weird, like little brother kind of thing with us, I think with the U S so that's kind of like the scope in which Ted is written in is that we're, we're kind of the underdog, uh, when it comes to soccer. Um, and we should know nothing about soccer. So, um, I think we play light at both sides, but it's kind of funny just how that all goes. But yeah, the press conference though, Jordan, it's exactly how I picture any press conference. Like it's actually a really good, I think, indication of how press conferences go for the most part um, and how it would go if they just appointed this manager that was the Ted Lasso of the game that had no idea what was going on. What's great too is that this is where they use some of the bits from the commercials, right? Like if you go back and watch the commercials now, you'll be like, Oh, some of this was used in Ted Lasso episode one when, you know, asking, um, when, when he mentions, uh, playing for all four quarters, that is straight (laughs) out of the commercial when NBC got the rights to the premier league, the ties, right. Too. Like when he's like tie and when tie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When the guy says, you know, and drawl or whatever. And he's like, Oh yeah, you guys do that here. Like that is straight out of the commercials. Um, and, uh, which is funny, you know, because those commercials were also made by the people that are writing the show. So they like, uh, Brendan hunt was, uh, was part of that team making the commercials too. So the fact that this was, um, just something that you can have like kind of saved up and be like, we're going to use that again. That was strong. We're going to do it again because what they're also going to know is that not everybody has seen those commercials as well. Right? Like not everybody uh, has seen those, especially people in other countries watching the show because those commercials were huge here because they were playing them for the American audience to say, Hey, if you like watch soccer, on NBC, we're getting the rights to the Premier League, and th- the Premier League getting the rights have actually uh, NBC getting the rights has actually elevated the Premier League in this country as well. Um, not because of those commercials, but you know, uh, just the fact that it was not on Fox Soccer Channel uh, helped tre- <laughs> tremendously in getting more people watching the sport. Um, but yeah, we get some of the same bits from the commercial here, and we also get him drinking the uh, the water that is carbonated, right? Um, the fizzy stuff. The fizzy, the fizzy <laughs> water. And I love that he spits it out twice. But then also when he gets the, <laughs> the one of my favorite lines 
is when he gets the normal water and he says, see, I can do this without bubbles like all day. (laughs) (laughs) Just showing how thrown off he was. And this is kind of the first weakness we see of Ted, right? Like when those questions are coming in and he's Mm -hmm. feeling a little overwhelmed by all of them. And and then we kind of get introduced to a character um, that is very fun. Trent Grimm of the independent stands up and he asks, is this an effing joke? Uh, and what I like about Trent is if you were watching this as a fan who actually watches soccer like us, right? This whole idea sounds ludicrous of hiring a college football coach to coach a Premier League team. You're like, this, what? This is dumb, right? Like, why would that ever, why would anybody ever do that? Yeah. And what I like about Trent is he is kind of the soccer a person that knows soccer um kind of voice throughout these first few episodes and in this episode in particular he breaks it down like so you know you've never coached professionally because college is amateurs right so he kind of puts it in british speak uh as well like okay so you never coached at the pro level you coached in the second division and um you know never don't know a thing about football and he's like so is this an effing joke and i just really liked that introduction to trent Krim, and i think he's a he's a really great and fun character in this show as well and uh this is kind of where we see ted start uh probably having a little bit of um a little bit of problems uh with with the press and everything so i thought that was really just a great introduction to some of these press that we're gonna see uh throughout the show yeah, I think you did a good job of explaining, like, Trent Krim is what exists to tell the viewers at home that this is an idiotic idea because SVP is like, this is exciting for him. It's, you know, it, you know, this coach is going over there. It's like a kind of a cool story. Rebecca, when in front of Ted and around, you know, people that are not Higgins, she's basically, you know, applauding this hire. Like, this is a great hire. Like, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. He might not know the game, but you guys need to give him a break. And she steps in during this press conference, like, you need to give him a break. What are you doing? But, like, she's not going to tell Ted. Nobody's going to tell Ted. There's another character that does come up, but we'll get to that. Um, But Trent exists in the first couple of episodes as, like, the guy going, this is stupid. Like, we all need to think this is stupid. There's no way this guy should be able to coach. And he's like the villain until there becomes a real villain. So it's like, it, he, he villain of, you know, he, he takes these actions and he becomes the villain. And he is the person that's telling you that this is what you guys need to know about this whole situation. Yeah, when you say villain too, it's like, you know, very loose villain, right? Because he's doing his job, right? Like, I mean, Logan, imagine, yeah. imagine if for real uh, a college football coach got got if, if a college football coach got promoted to the Premier league without knowing a thing about the sport there'd be yeah. all kinds of these type of journalists but what i like about trent is you know as i'm watching it you're kind of like can i suspend my disbelief here that that this is actually happening and trent helps that by pointing it out right like he points out of like this is ridiculous yeah. but we're going with it it's kind of like what the show's telling you right here, you know? And uh, I think it works uh, very well. And I, I really like the actor who plays uh, Trent as well, which is, uh, I'm looking for his name here. James Lance uh, of The Independent uh, is what Trent Krim is from, which is a newspaper, a real newspaper for uh, for England. He's Trent Krim, The Independent. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's kind of like Bob Vance. Vance for, for yeah. <laughs> He really is. So uh, we get, I think also kind of, uh, is this where we also get the history of like, she takes him on a tour. Yeah. And he goes, I want to go on a before, tour. Yeah, yeah. Before the press conference though. Yeah. And in the tour, um, you know, he's like, Oh, this guy looks fun. And it's the former, uh, her former husband. And he's yeah. like, Oh, that sounds awful and we also get her talking to higgins about him too saying he wants he wants she wants to put like a cricket bat up his ass yeah or something <laughs> real slowly over and over again right. like a gif 
where it's yeah. never ending. I think yep. that's a really great line. And Higgins', and Higgins line of some people pronounce it gif is is perfect. Because <laughs> what else do you say to that, right? You're like, I need to say something, but I don't want her to do that to me. So it's just like, I, I, some people pronounce yeah. it gif. And Higgins, at the beginning, you're like, this guy has no backbone. And then there's a line later on that really tells you that he has got, like, he's just kind of a coward. He's been a coward to her husband. And, like, but then as time goes on, you'll see. But, like, I love that part. Uh, that's also the part, I think, where Ted Lasso, where she goes, do you want to go on a tour, Ted? And he goes, yeah, I'd love to see Abbey Road. <laughs> she goes, no, <laughs> yeah. I've been to the club. <laughs> he's like, yeah, we can start there, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um. Okay, so uh, what we're going to get to is uh, Nathan is going to drive them home, right? And, and I like this part, too, because uh, it's <laughs> them pulling up in this car. And because he's sitting on what is the U.S. driver's side, right? He's like, look, this car has no steering wheel. And he's like acting like he's honking. And <laughs> Nate's doing that for him. While Beard is smashed with the bags in the back because it's this small car. Um, that's another big difference between us and, uh, England is that we have a lot bigger, uh, cars and, you know, SUVs and stuff, but just, just how silly he's being here with, you know, being on the other side of the car is, is funny. And, uh, Rebecca's already kind of losing it at this point of this guy is a, <laughs> this guy is a moron and, uh, you know, they drive off, but then this is, I think the line that you're talking about, right. When she said, when Higgins, is kind of worried about doing this. And she's like, well, if you can, you know, sneak all these women behind yep. my back for my husband, then you can no do problem. this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you can just see him cower. Like he just, he's like a little weasel. You know what it reminds me of when he does it? It's Wormtail. Like he reminds me a lot of, if you're Peter Pettigrew, the Harry Potter fans out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's kind of like that. Oh, yeah. please don't hit me. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. No, that's a great line. He reminds me of uh, what's the guy from um, Office Space where he's the, with the stapler. Yeah. You know, he the is very is like, similar yeah. to that because he's just like soft spoken. Right. Um, yeah. So we get we get Ted going home and getting to his actual uh, where he's going to be staying. It's, it looks pretty nice, actually. And inside nice. there is a basket waiting for him. I didn't catch this the first time. I didn't either. I caught it this time, though. But the basket says Tim Lasso on it, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we have Tim Lasso, and he's, you know, eating the snacks from it. He's going to give his son a call um, and ask how, you know, like, school went. Because at nighttime for them, it's still, like, you know, like, he just, he probably waited up to talk to his son at an appropriate time, which would be pretty late. Uh, over in the UK. And this is where I think the show really catches you because at this whole time, Ted has been very happy, very optimistic. And we kind of see why it's almost like a front, right? While he is optimistic at times, we also learn that his marriage is falling apart at this point. And the acting from uh, Jason Sudeikis here is just top notch because this whole conversation with his son and then when the wife gets the phone, it's totally one-sided. We only hear and see Jason Sudeikis playing Ted Lasso here. We don't get any voice acting or any cuts to another actor for his wife talking. And he has to relay this information on, you know, I'm giving you that space, you know, and then I love you. And then, him being like, no, you don't have to say it. You know, like that kind of stuff is I cried and I cried the first time I watched it, but I cried again last night. I was like, this is so tough. My wife turns to me and says that takes talent. And I think this is when she's pretty much hooked at this point, right? Is because um, it shows that it's not just a silly show. At that point, she was laughing at something Ted had done earlier. And she's like, this guy is just silly type of thing, you know? And then you really get at the heart of it here with this whole scene and it is uh just i don't know one of my favorite scenes of the season i think too is just um kind of setting the stage for who ted is as a person and what he's going through and how you never really know what somebody's going through right people say that all the time but 
Um, you know, people used to think of me of the way that they think of Ted. And I don't mean that in like a compliment or a detrimental way. I'm just saying like, I, I have so many people that when I was, you guys do this too, right? You and Matt, but you, saying how happy I am all the time, or, you know, people say all that about me all the time. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not always happy. It's just like when I'm in public or just hanging out and having fun, I'm, I'm happy. But there are times when, you know, you're sad or you're like feeling whatever. And a lot of times we only let ourselves see that, right? A lot of times we're not broadcasting that to everyone. And that's why people always say like, check on your people because, you know, a lot of the things with stigma on that kind of depression and stuff is, well, you haven't shown any signs of it. It's like, well, yeah, cause nobody wants to hear about that. Right. So I'm not going to broadcast that. I'm taking care of it myself, like that kind of stuff. And I just think that this showed it perfectly. This guy who's been so over the top, happy and um, cheerful, having this really real moment where he's missing his son and his wife and the wife, isn't really missing him right yeah it's um <clears throat> it's an interesting dynamic because it because this was this actually followed because we we didn't go over the part where he's like out on the field um and he has like his first interaction with the first team um because that was before because like when because he comes off the high uh and he had been talking about like there, there's a scene in between where yeah he, he went to meet the player he went to yeah. meet the players right yeah he goes to meet the players um He's asking like what all these people are doing, like what what you know. Roy he, Roy starts cursing. Um, I think he uses a couple f bombs, and uh, then uh, Nate goes, "Yeah, I mean that's that's normal." And he goes, "That's that's Roy," and he goes, "Oh, okay, I I know guys like that that can get stuff done like that." And then Jamie Tart misses like a bicycle kick, um, and so that's where he meets Jamie Obasanya. Uh, that's where he meets him too. And he goes Africa, and he goes, "Oh yeah, like uh, like Africa, Africa." Like or he goes, he goes Nigeria and he goes Nigeria like as in Africa, and he goes yeah. From well, all he's over like the place. yeah, they're from all over the place. He's so used to coaching like yeah, just Americans, right? And like yes. now he's realizing okay, this is a bigger, this is a bigger thing, right? Like I'm gonna have to coach and find ways to reach each of these players. Yeah, which is um, what's tough about soccer. <laughs> yes. Um, but then, yeah, so like he has all these moments. Then he goes in the locker room, he meets the players. He meets Keely for the first time, who is Jamie Tart's girlfriend. And she's like this model yes. um, in England. And she's got nude, like he's got her nude pictures on his locker. Um, and this is like when Ted, for, for the first time, we see the believe sign that you guys see if you're watching down below. It's the yellow sign that he writes believe on and he slaps it above the door, but it's crooked above his office door um, where he and Beard sit. Um, and Roy just kind of gives him the cold shoulder. I think he calls him Ronald effing McDonald at this point. Yeah, I didn't think my career. Yeah, because Ted compliments him on his career, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I didn't think my career would end by being coached by Ronald effing <laughs> McDonald. Which yeah. is, um, you have Jamie great. Tart who's going to go get waxed with his girlfriend. So, like, it's this young hot shot player. He knows how good he is. He is really talented. Um, but you just can tell he's got this arrogance about him. He's got this beautiful girlfriend that all the guys are like hooting and hollering over. And she's kind of, she's kind of bored. She knows the attention's great. She likes the attention, but I think deep down, obviously Keely's not really like that. She just, she plays that kind of character for Jamie, but then Keely comes back to get Jamie's phone after he's, you know, he's going to get waxed and take for to get waxed. Um, and she actually has a good moment with Ted where she sees him over by Jamie's locker and he bangs his head on the locker as he backs up. Um, and they have this cool interaction. She goes, you know, your sign's crooked, and then they fix it. And he goes, yeah, hi, I'm Ted Lasso. He fixes it by making it more crooked. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but she's like, yeah, you know, I'm Keely. I'm, you know, this is who I am. But she can, you can tell she's starting to figure out Ted is really genuine. Like, he really does care. Um, he might yeah, not he know covers much. Up, he covers yeah. up the nude uh, yes, picture of her with tape. With tape. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and he she really appreciates does. that. Yeah, yes. she smiles because she's seen his meat around that locker room. All the guys are hooting and hollering. It shows that dynamic of the locker room. Um, but the guys she aren't saw really. What? What? Would you say she saw what? She saw like she saw. What did I say? What did I say? <laughs> it's not like you said you, she saw his meat. Oh I no! Was, no, I was no. like, wait, I missed the part. 
no no she she appeared to be me in the locker room like she she looked like me right that's what i said that's like that's what i said she looked like me to these guys like that because they're all in this locker room there it's a boys club they're all hooting and holler when she walks in um and they give jamie a hard time about it but um but you can tell how genuine is and then that genuine feeling continues and like you said it's it's like this moment he's goofy he's lovable he's all this but then we get to see the whole different side of ted he goes home and jordan what i think was a unique choice too was like he's showered like i know that sounds weird but he's like showered he's got like his hair down it's like over the side he's got his pjs on and he's just got like this moment of like he's a dad like he's you and i like he goes home he showers you know he's getting ready for bed and then he calls his son um and he's like, let me talk to your mom. And, that, and that's when that happens. But you do, you start to see this dynamic with Ted that uh, it's much deeper than that. And that's when I think a lot of people that really didn't watch it to see the soccer part of it, they see this side of it and go, okay, I see where this is going. So um, it is interesting that you point out all the all the things that emotions and like depression and stuff, because I, like I said, like, and like you said, I mean, uh, I think you're probably the happiest person I've ever met. And when I say that, it's it's exactly what you were talking about. It's because you project that you're happy. Like, right. jo- guys, I've known Jordan for, what, eight years now? Let's get, or 10 Nine. years now? Oh, 10. Almost, 10 yeah, years. 10 years now. Um, it, it's, I don't think I've seen him angry except for once. And it was at a video game. It was like, he was not happy at a video game. Yes. <laughs> um, but Jordan, you know, I mean, you do. You project happiness. But I think it's a, it's a very happy-go-lucky, like, you don't let things get to you like you you do and you might show it when we don't see you but you don't ever show it on the outside like you don't right. let it out flight, i'm a generally happy person she'd yeah. probably say no <laughs> <laughs> like oh my gosh he's a grinch um <laughs> but that's just the way you've always projected uh and and again that's what ted always projects that he's always happy um which well, i mean he's what's human. interesting about that too is that you're probably wondering why would Ted even take this job, right? And now we know he took it to give her her space. This was probably the best way that he felt he could give her the space is by being a whole continent apart. And even at this point, a whole ocean between them, she's still feeling suffocated by him just checking in. That kind of shows the state of their relationship right now is I don't know. I think we don't really know what the heart of their issue is, right? Uh, maybe it is that he's so positive. She's just so freaking frustrated about that. But just the fact that he had a whole first day plus whatever he landed, right? And was on the plane. So we're probably talking about maybe 36 hours, right? And he's calling to check on his kid. He's calling to check on his wife, who they're still married. And she she still was like, Hey, I need that space. He's like, I'm, I'm giving you that space, but I'm just checking in. Like it's not. So he thought the only way to do it was by going across the ocean. And even at this point, it's not enough for her is kind of the vibe I get from their conversation. Yeah. And Ted gets to a point where he begs her, like he's begging her to come over there. Like, I can't wait for you to come see it with him, um, with his son. So, um, but yeah, like you said, I, I think she feels suffocated, but you can just tell he's, he is, he's like, it, he does such a good job. Cause I can't imagine, maybe there is to help him out, but I don't imagine there's anybody else sometimes on, the other side there, on the phone. Sometimes there are in those yeah. scenes. Cause, um, the pauses and know, breaks and stuff. Like office ladies and stuff has talked about it, but for like office scenes that had it, mm-hmm. but I really think it probably was just him. And, and all you got to do in this, and I'm not saying this is like a, like, I know what I'm doing, but like what I would think is as he's talking and he gives the break, he's probably imagining listening Mm -hmm. to somebody saying something, not just going line to line. He's sitting there thinking, okay, now she would say this and it would take this long because I'm going to say it in my own head and then I'll respond. And then, Oh, she's cutting me off, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, But it's hard to do that. It's really hard to do that. And just the fact of the, the fact that Jason Sudeikis was able to do that um, is pretty great. I don't know. 
a lot of I feel what sorry he does. for him because his real marriage fell apart not yeah. long after this. So I yeah. feel sorry for him about that. Yeah. But uh maybe he maybe maybe it was a little realer than you know than he wanted. But um I think it also helps when you write it, right? Like if he's the one he wrote mm-hmm. some of this. So I feel like part of it is he knows what he's looking for in this scene. Um so he yeah, I wonder if maybe on the script they had what she is saying. You know, some places do that. Like Chewbacca, like when they write Chewbacca in Star Wars, he has actual lines that is written in the script. Um, not just rah, rah, rah. It says like Chewie. It'll say like Chewie. And it'll be like, Han, I don't think we should do that. And then you'll hear Han's response of mm-hmm. like, not now, Chewie type thing. And it's to show like what the actual conversation the is, yeah. but you're only getting the one side of it with Han Solo. So I wonder if they maybe did something like that, but this is what sucks about streaming is that if I had this show on DVD, there'd be like special features. There'd be commentaries Mm -hmm. stuff that we could be like, Oh, how did you film this? Like that is what is awful about streaming. And I hope at some point the exclusivity of Apple TV plus goes away and this Warner brothers can release this on DVD because I think this would be a really great show to own. Um, I need it physically. Yeah. No, I mean, you and I have talked about this. If it if it if it does last longer than three seasons, it's rumored to stop after three seasons. Um, that it would be, it would be up there as one of our favorite shows. Definitely mine. Like up there is probably one of the best shows I've ever watched. Um, it won. To- it was it the Academy Awards or Global? No, it was Global uh, Emmys. Yeah, Emmys. That's what it was. Where they were all winning everything. Um, and you guys got to, I think the other thing too, that to mention, if you are watching this as the first time where you're kind of going through and watching them and you didn't finish, um, this was a time during like August of 2020. So this was a time when there wasn't a lot to look forward to in the world. Not a um, lot of content. No, no. That's nope. why this show I think really took off is yeah. Um, that and people get new phones, they get the free trial mm-hmm. or whatever. And you're like, oh, sure. I'll give it a shot. I heard good things. Right. Yeah. Plus, it was a dark time. I mean, we were living in a pandemic. Uh, it, we were just getting into it. I mean, it, if you look back, that's there crazy. There was no to think. real soccer right. on at this point. Yeah, no. Yeah, there <laughs> was, was no hope. Fix. Yeah, there was really not a lot going on. I mean, it just, it was a dark time in the world. Um, things were going on here in the U.S. that were dark. Um, it was just, there wasn't a lot of light. And this was one of those lights. Like, this was a big light. And I can remember people saying, like, this got people through COVID. Like, this, some people were depressed, and this got them through. And, and it's kind of like, you know, those shows that we always go back and watch when we're not feeling 100%. But um, just wait. <laughs> this show gets into so much of uh, personal development and leadership and all sorts of different things that we can talk about. Uh, it, the, the, the dynamics of this show, how deep it is. I mean, this just... This isn't just your little sports TV show. Like this is a whole lot more. Um, so I, I'm glad. I'm actually glad because Ashley is like, I started watching Ted last one. She goes, "Is that the new season?" I was like, "No, no, no." It's like we're doing the recap because I do. I think she was like, "Wait, you're not watching the new season?" Like, no, like Wait, that's not, not without that. me, right? right? Yeah. Um, but those that don't know, my wife has just watched it my second time through. Um, so she was like, "Okay, fine." How long fine. ago was that? Gosh, when was that? That would have been. I think when i was in summer with still teaching so okay i want to say it was in the summer maybe something like that i don't remember it was within the last year though that we watched nice. it but she uh we quickly went through them because they're only like 30 minutes max mm-hmm. like those yeah. are the longest episodes so we just yeah, went podcast we flew through them. yeah exactly <laughs> And I had actually left out a whole <laughs> two scenes or whatever. i was like i don't know um, if he meant to do that because we're running no, on time no but, i okay i you watch three episodes. Me, I don't blame you. I don't remember what's in what. And yeah. the Wikipedia synopsis doesn't have that part in there at all. I was kind of yeah. going off that. Um, That's fine. It happens. But yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go to Richmond player of the episode. For me, I have to give it to Roy Kent this episode. I feel like he's the one that we get the most focus on. Other than Jamie Tart, who is not a complete asshole so i'm gonna go with roy kent plus for people that don't know it says he won the champions league with chelsea chelsea is my english premier league team so roy kent's a chelsea legend so i like i like that very much um and i'm guessing they mean the 2012 
uh, season because they said eight years ago, which would have been 2020, uh, 2012 from 2020, eight years. So uh, that that 2012 season, I watched them win the Champions League. Roy Kent was invisibly there, apparently. Yeah, um, I guess I'll go with Jamie Tart just because he's the only other one in this. Uh, and I and by MVP, I mean I really do think he stole the the show as far as players were concerned. Like Roy has his moments here, but you really get into deep Roy. So like uh, Jamie is much more on the surface, especially in the first season. But I thought that they did such a nice job of setting him up as like right away. You know, he's the arrogant tool bag. Like he is, um, he's easily a star player, but he's the tool. Yeah, he doesn't like, help Sam get up, right? Yeah, no, yeah, he just kind of looks at him like, yeah, no, get away from me. Um, it's just, yeah, this this episode. I mean, within a minute, you know that Jamie Tart's the one that's going to be the issue. So uh, I really give kudos to him as an actor because I think he's great. Um, Plus, he goes to City. He's a City boy. So we've got our two teams in there, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So we, yeah, we both have uh, our two teams represented here. That's pretty cool. All right. Any last things about this episode, uh, or anything before we head out of here? No, I don't think so. I think we, I think we've got all of it. All right. Well, uh, if you want to reach us um, on any of our platforms, we are part of the Stateside Soccer Show. So we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Stateside Show. If you want to reach us via email, give your feedback on the show or Ted Lasso as a whole, reach us Ted Lasso Rewatch at gmail.com. We can read some of those comments on the air if anybody sends anything to there. But thank you all for listening along or watching if you're on the YouTube and we will catch you all next week when we talk episode two of season one biscuits. So uh, a pretty big episode with biscuits. So we'll catch you all next time and have a great rest of your week.